I talk to strangers day or night. I talk to strangers in any kind of life. It makes sense to me to believe in the kindness and the trust I I am sitting uh, upstate in the Catskills, but I am on the phone with Brian Elmquist. Hi, Brian. Hello. <laughs> Brian is, um, well, famously now he's with a band called The Lone Bellow. But uh, when I met Brian, it was a number of years ago back in Park Slope, um, and now Brian's in Nashville, and I'm in the Catskills. But uh, but we did meet, um, like my last guest, uh, at Dizzy's Diner, right, Brian? Yeah, yeah. Worked there for I don't know how long. Maybe at least a year too long. <laughs> well, I just remember it was a really I, it was a great place to meet strangers because all of you guys who worked there were so cool. And it was, uh, it seemed like it was a good time. Well, everyone who worked there was trying to do something in um, some form of arts or, you know. Yeah, Mateo was good about that, right? It was his way of supporting artists by hiring you to, uh, to wait tables at Dizzy's. Oh, Mateo was the, is the original restaurant owner that'll put up with anything and uh, support the arts. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I did a I did an art class in his other the location he had on Fifth Avenue for a little while. We did an art class with a friend of mine who is no longer, but it was a it was a really cool thing. He is a big art supporter. Well, and the funny thing is, right when I met you, I guess, well, you and uh, Anthony were had started a, a band, right? Yeah, we were playing some songs together, definitely. Yeah, and I ran into you one night down, um, actually, um, was it Rockwood? No, it was another little venue down on the Lower East Side, and I happened to be at a party that was kind of boring, and I was waiting for people to get drunk and start dancing, so I left, and you guys happened to be, I ran into you, and you were playing at that little spot right on Houston, I think. The house in Allen, it probably was Rockwood. Was it? I think it had to be. Maybe. Maybe it was the other side. Yeah, it was. It was Rockwood oh, on the... Yeah, because there used to be that little Gavin DeGraw um, place on the other side of the house in Allen. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember I hadn't heard you sing yet. I just met you, you know, your funny self you know, at Dizzy's and we'd chat. But I remember when I saw you and just your face and when you started singing, I just remember thinking, oh my God, he's like an angel. (laughs) There's something, I don't know, you did learn to sing in church, right? Yes, I learned um, like my... My parents and their parents before them, basically in church, my grandmother sang the harmony and there wasn't really any mics. 
she just sang the harmony from the congregation and my mom led the worship and when I learned my first chord um, my mom put me on stage with her how old were you I was like 14 something like that maybe mm -hmm. yeah when you lear learned your first chord on the guitar yeah mm -hmm. she basically threw me into the fire and, um, <laughs> I learned a lot doing that it was either playing that or playing um, like Jimi Hendrix and stuff like that. <laughs> you went back that. and forth between hymns and Jimi Hendrix. Well, it's the same thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> Perspective is the same thing. Some people don't think so. So, but it's interesting because, so when I met you, and I was thinking about this today because my horoscope talked about passion and dreams and I was thinking back to a conversation that we had. Uh, I don't remember exactly what year that was, but you showed me, um, may I say, a, an engagement ring that you'd purchased for your now wife. And you had a whole plan in place about exactly what was going to happen in your life. And I remember looking at you thinking, he has a big... He's a big dreamer, this one, you know? And it just kind of all happened the way you envisioned it, didn't it? It's, uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, you make plans and then you get your reality, so. Well, yeah, yeah but you, your plan was to get married, yeah. have some kids, get in a band that was, you know, successful, and I think, um, well, those three things at the very least definitely happened. Well, I, mean, I had a plan to like, you know, have a, a, a romp in 20s too, you know? <laughs> um, you know so, I mean, it's a, it's a funny thing. Um, but yeah, if you say it that way, I, I kind of, I kind of like say things into the air and like every now and then things land. It's like... <laughs> I don't know where you where you're sending it to. I think I sent it to God, whatever that is. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I wanted. I had got to the point where I really wanted a family, and um, and I thought I had found the person to do that with. And uh, I don't know what is this ten years, eight eight years later, um, from probably that point. I can't believe I should do the engagement. <laughs> You have a bad um, memory, but I have a pretty good one. <laughs> I do have a bad memory. I told you before we got on the podcast that, like, I kind of, like, float like, the wind, which is, like, gets on my, my wife's nerves because she's super planner. But when we are when we are locked in, I, I don't know, it was like a power couple or something. Yeah. Um, so much done because... She can, she can make a penny go a long ways, and I can try to find a bunch of pennies. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's been my favorite thing is to watch you because, you know, I, I do think, and this is partly why I love this podcast, because, you know, strangers turn into my friends before they know it, and all of a sudden I, I have my own plans for you. And it was funny because... Um, Early on when you were playing, uh, I invited you to come to PS81 where I was doing my work with kids and bringing in artist friends of mine who I thought could inspire them. And, um, and, and it was early days, I guess, with the Lone Bellow and you came 
to the school and performed. And it was, it really, and I told you this recently, it was one of my favorite performances because the kids kind of didn't know, you know, they're mostly black and Hispanic. And here Brian is, he's a Southern white boy. And it was a little (laughs) singing these kind of country songs. And the kids were like, and one of them pulled, pulled me aside. She said, Miss Stephanie, Miss Stephanie. I said, yeah. She said, why is he so red in the face? (laughs) And it was like she hadn't really seen a white man exerting himself. It it was just really funny. And then I remember you you looked at me afterward and you were like, next time I'm going to sing Rihanna. (laughs) I'll tell you what, that's one of my top five music moments. And it was literally I've played in a lot of different things, um, in a lot of different in front of a lot of different kind of people. That was probably the most scared I was ever, but it was also so fun. Yeah. No, I still have it. One of the, one of the kids gave me, like, I guess it just said, Brian plays guitar. He plays country music. (laughs) Um, But I I honestly don't think some of them ever saw his guitar. I thought, I I was really, you know, I always, I wish I could get more into that and do more of that because it's just, it's just fun. Yeah. Kids absorb and they learn so much, and and I think sometimes we, because we think kids learn like we do, because as we get older, we're we're a little more calloused. Yeah. Um, I just love to watch. I have two, and they're four and two, and they're wild, and I want that. I, uh, I go for it. I, yeah. I don't want to be. I want them. I want to give them guardrails, but I want them to find who they are. Yeah. But. Just watching kids absorb things is is um, is it, it just opens your eyes and, and you get to realize that um and you get to see the world again like yeah. you used to, which is and the more you can get into that is just it's just it's so good for especially an adult you know. Well, that's what that, I mean. It's why I started Inspire Corps, and it was because I was so. I've just felt so incredibly blessed to live in New York City where people like you come from all over the world to make their dreams come true. And it's just weird, right? It's like Brooklyn was like, especially just, I don't know, for a while that area of Park Slope just felt like a little bit of a magnet for for people who, you know, just kind of wanted to to figure out their what they wanted to do and not be, you know, reined in by what they had at home or what it was. And it's interesting. I mean, you found a really interesting group of people, right, who were sort of similar to you, like you guys had an, a church group and but you were from you knew the Lone Bellow guys from back home, is that right? No, I knew Zach. I knew Zach from uh, um from when I was, we met like first year of college. Oh, okay. And I knew him and, and he, I lived with him for a little bit and um, ended up singing a little bit back then. Um, and he really didn't start singing until um, some some really scary things happened with his wife. She fell off a horse and he thought he was, he thought he was going to have to take care of her quadriplegic for the rest of his life for about oh my three gosh. months. And it all, and, and it, it's hard to say miraculously. I do believe in miracles, but it absolutely, like, it's a crazy, crazy story. Yeah. Um, and, and it was actually like, you know, 
the miraculous usually happens with really good, like, you know, hospitals, you know, and good <laughs> yeah. doctors that know, because when I, when, when you go to the doctor, you're like, I'm never going to get better. And then they, oh no, I'll give you this and you're better. And it's almost like a miracle, right? Yeah. So kind of, they, they found something that, um, that the other hospital was doing wrong. And she, she just got out of it. That's kind of crazy. It is crazy. They lived, didn't they live on my street, on 12th Street? Yeah. They and did. they had three kids? They have four now. Now they have four. Well, you all moved to Nashville. So that's what was kind of funny is like, you know, I was seeing you guys all the time. Just all, you know, I would see you around and then, you know, he lived in my street and then you guys started taking off. And I sort of felt like, hey, like these are my locals, you know, and all of a sudden I couldn't just call you up because you got busy <laughs> oh man it was a crazy it's a crazy time i mean i was before we um before the wave of us getting out and people hearing our music i was like i want to i want to be like those old guys at dizzy's you know i want to meet i want to i want to live in brooklyn the rest of my life and all that stuff i was going to say about like the the riffraff that usually i surround myself with which i'm very thankful for um, the Park Slope for a second or the surrounding area had just the right price point, you know, and just the right amount of like people could really live there and get to know some people. So it kind of drew those people um, for, I don't think it was I'm probably like a good 10 years. Yeah. Know? Well, yeah, um, I mean, it was, yeah. It's but, changed for sure. Well, now it's changed again. We'll see what happens when this all clears. Because the world has sort of stopped to reconsider itself. <laughs> it's time for oh, us to reconsider. <laughs> I don't know. I, I kind of, I'm wondering what, um, I use prayer in like a, like a, a bigger sense, but I'm really hoping that, that um, people can actually like take something from this instead of like being just in anxiety about it. Right. But, you know what? I'm looking at it from a different perspective too. Like, it's really scary for us because we there's not a lot of money. Um, we we only make money touring. Right. The way bands do is we go and we fill the coffers up and then we take time off because people don't want to see us 15 times in their city. You know, it's a demand thing. So by the time we put a record out, you know, the um, the bank accounts are empty. But that being said, we also have options. There's a lot of people that don't have options, you know? Right. So, well, so I'm just, from my perspective, I'm trying my best to, like, learn how I can be kinder and learn how I can listen better. And, you know, it all starts in your home, you know? Oh, yeah. You can't be an activist and you can't, like, really want to change the world until you do it in your home and your community. And if you can... And you let that shape you into a better person, then you maybe can take it outside of it. But real like work and real change happens in your home and in your, your community, your neighbors, you know? Well, and it's so interesting because, you know, I have a lot of musician friends and one friend was saying, you know, he's around this weekend if we wanted to have a Zoom call. And I laughed and I said, when's the last time you, had, you said that? Because he's always on the road. And, yeah. you know, it was kind of funny because... You know, even my contractor is like, you know, working on my house a little bit, but not too much. And he said, you know, because his wife is home with their 
two-year-old and you know he's had the first it's he he's a builder and he built a deck like a while back and this is the first time he's had the time to sit on it and with his son and and I thought you know I want him to finish my house God knows but I'm also so glad for him that he has this little bit of time and of course money is a concern and so he needs to get back to work. You know, money's a concern. You need to get back to work. But but also, I think what's interesting about you and the other musicians that I know and the creative people is that you are creative, right? So so you've been hustling for a while, you know? It's, and, and you have to come up with it, right? Like, you have to write the songs. You have to perform them. You're not sitting on your butt, you know? And so... It's it's almost like I find that my artist friends are a lot of the people that I'm turning to right now because they're in some ways used to this kind of thing where, oh, wait, that's not going to work. I need to come up with something else. Okay, where's that, like you said, where are the pennies coming from? And it's it's interesting. And so your new album, I just wanted to say, because part of the reason we're chatting today is because I wanted to tell people about the concert that you're playing tonight. So can you talk a little bit about that? Well, we released a new record a couple months ago called Half Moon Light um, that we did upstate with Aaron Desner from The National. It's our second record we've done with him. Um, we're really proud of it. We really went down deep. Um, talking about really the things that's been in our heads is, you know, everybody, before this even, before Corona, whatever, everybody's hair was on fire anyway, you know? Right. And we, and it's like, how much are we going to run around with our head on fire until we actually like just stop and like take a breath and think about what's around us? Um, and I think the conversation about wanting to be good for your family and your community and your neighbors and then letting that spread out as far as it'll go because that's all you really have um like so the songs are really like digging into that so for me to listen and be proud of this record it makes me be proud of like the time we're in because you have like making that record or making that art because it's it's a lot of the same regardless of if it's that or you think, you know, Donald Trump is ruining the world or whatever you think is, is going on. It's like, I was really proud of us, the way we stepped back and said, we're gonna like look at our community, look at our friends and write songs that, that would, that would, um, that would give that perspective, you know? Or yeah. the, and there's a song like Illegal Immigrant where I heard, of, I heard something, you know, and wrote this whole song that um, basically it was in New York and the, and the politicians, uh, a, a mom and her daughter had been reconnected um, um, after um, President Trump was taking kids from their parents at the border. <clears throat> and, um, and the politicians were like trying to do their thing. And in the middle of it, they played the whole thing like live. I don't even know how. I, saw it, I couldn't find it afterwards, but the mom in uh, Spanish said, um, I promise I'd find you wherever you are, wherever you are, huh. where I am. And I had to write that song because I wanted, 
I don't want to be a part of the like yelling match. I want to be a part of the telling the one person's story that maybe will will help people find compassion and perspective because my life is so much different. So I have to hear stories like that to even like be able to get in their shoes. You know what right. I mean? Be able to think about it. Um, and um, and I have to be open for those for that to come, and it makes me a better person because I can see what's around me. You know? Yeah. Well, it's a big, I mean, I keep saying, you know, we're talking right now so much about the divide and it's, you know, sort of bringing you to Bed-Stuy to the school, you know, it was, it was a really important thing for me to, to sort of bridge that gap. And, you know, it's, it's my dream, speaking of passions and dreams to, to bridge that gap more so that education is consistent across all groups, color, you know, poverty, you know, income levels, everything. And, and it's so interesting because I, you know, I sort of think like people would say, well, what you want these kids to be artists and make no money. That's like, you know, and I just kind of looked at someone who said that to me, like, I guess you don't get it because the reality is like, I know for even myself and I, I had a perfectly lovely middle-class upbringing, but, but I had to get creative about what I wanted to do with my life because no one was handing it to me. And, and I think that we all kind of face that sort of question mark of what we're going to be and what we can be. And inspiration is crucial, you know, and seeing people who are different than you are and being inspired and knowing you're not restricted, you know, and, and, you know, immigrants to this country obviously are, are trying to come here. I mean, every time I get into an Uber in New York City, I just like interview the the drivers. It's just fascinating. And And the idea that people come to this country, come to New York to to have a better life. And I mean, so many people are just so grateful just to be in a place that's been free and until recently, you know, where you could do what you wanted. And even, you know, my cleaning lady from um, Ecuador, it's like she was so happy to be able to work and and support her children and educate her children in this country and send money back to Ecuador and yeah there's a lot there are a lot of stories out there and you know it and and because you and your and the lone bellow have a voice you know people listen to you which is you know you've been very popular and you've been touring right you've been touring you had you've toured all around the world right yep how many countries have you been to? Do you know? I couldn't tell off the top of our head. We were supposed to make more inroads into, you know, Eastern Europe on this next run. I don't even know if we're going to Europe, honestly. Yeah. It's, it's everything so, so up in the air right now. But um, yeah, there have been a lot of places. I think honestly, like, I think the most important thing, if you're trying, is just try to get. A perspective like I think when I was growing up I was really poor so I didn't know what I could be and I saw one person or I saw this person or I saw my dad or my mom like say that there were options and there's teachers and there's people you know most of the people that influence our children are the the, the most underpaid people in the world because they're the ones that are, are showing our kids options um, 
Like, yeah, you can, they, they have to get, they have to see that they don't have to live in this. I mean, maybe they grow up in it, but it, it, honestly, honestly, it made me stronger growing up poor. Yeah. And things I grow up, like, I, like, yeah, like you said earlier, people worry about money. I mean, most people worry about money. Yeah. So it, honestly, not like, like people are worried, but it does, it's only adding a little bit of the more worry to it because that's we think about it all the time. We're like, how are we gonna pay the bills the next day? Right. But like me growing up, like I have, it's like, oh, well, I'll do some hustle. I'll do a little bit here, a little bit there. Yeah. Um, and the other people, and like, it's no different. And like, I think, I think sometimes it's just like the education and how we, how we, how we treat kids is like we treat them like they're not humans almost like Ugh. we need to let them yeah give them a place where they can grow and they can like and they can become you know and if they want to try to do something maybe they'll fail at it but that's you need to open up you need to plant the garden and just kind of like you know make sure to keep the the you know the, the rabbits or something out you know what i mean like it's like you know what i mean you don't yeah know you, do. you don't need to it you don't need to like tell a kid what to do no um, you need to ask them what they think. And I think the yeah. word that's emerging for me about you is faith, right? Because, yeah. I mean, you did grow up in Georgia in a church and you have great faith, it seems to me. Even just you yeah. kind of laying out your plan for me, you had, you had faith in it. And I mean, I was questioning you. I was like, oh, <laughs> but, you know, good for you because... The thing is, is you can't, I asked a question of the, the kids when I first started working in the projects and I, I, it occurred to me that these kids never really thought about what they really wanted because they were so worried about their lives that they, they just didn't even imagine the possibility. Yeah, exactly. And just staying safe and, yeah, all the things that were going on. And and it was interesting because at, at the end of one session that I had with some kids, I gave them that book, that Dr. Seuss book, you know, Oh, the Places You'll Go. Oh, my son's favorite. It's my favorite. Oh, my God, it's such a great book. And, and I asked them the question, and it was kind of interesting because I thought about it, and I thought, can you get, if you don't know what you want, can you get it? Yeah. If you don't know how big the world actually is, can you go there? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, you can't teach. You can't. You gotta teach kids that like it's. It's like here. It is. This is. This is what it is. You know. Yeah, but so, I. Yeah, I oh, there's many perspectives. There's many ideas. You know. But I think we worry. You know, and it's interesting because you certainly. You know, you guys travel around and people are amazed. And I, I, I watched the people wait in the long line to buy your latest album, and I just. I was giddy. I was so excited because I just, I love your music and you're such a great guy and a great friend. And so I was so thrilled. But it also, in my mind, I thought people need heroes. You know, people want to be inspired. They, they want you to do well. They want to see you traveling the world and playing with other musicians. And, you know, there's, there's an aspirational aspect to, to what you do and it's funny because sometimes we think, oh, we don't want to, you know, I would go into the classroom having just gotten back from somewhere because I love to travel and I've been lucky to be able to. And and I would say to the kids, I just got back from Europe or I just got back from Guatemala or wherever. 
And, and they were amazed. And I, I, I carried a globe around with me for a bit and I would show them on the globe where I'd been because then it felt a little more real. Or I would bring things in like from Morocco and talk to them about, you know, what I'd seen there because I think that's so, like you said, I mean, we're so limited. And I know growing up in Arizona, I, you know, I had no sense of anything. I mean, I knew where California was because we went every summer for a little while. But other than that, you know, my world was very small. And I know how that feels. And it just didn't even feel possible to me, you know, until I was much older. So, but so it's interesting, you know, what we can give. I think it's just important. Like, my number one thing every day when I wake up, which is a hard situation right now, and we're stuck in the home and we're we're all doing our part, um, it'd almost be better if they just told us, like, we're going to go here and, like, here's a gun. You know what I mean? Sit at home. Sit at home and, like, do nothing. And it's hard. But but one of my mottos is, is my world getting smaller or bigger? It's every day. And I tell kids that. It's like, how are we making our world bigger today? Like, how are, we, how are we looking for a new perspective, a new thing that can can make us understand the people around us better? Um, yeah. Because um, when you start looking at that kind of stuff, the other things that a lot of these people deal with a lot of the stuff that we just got into, like, because if you don't, if you don't like, you know, our president, which I'm not a big fan, but, but like, a lot of these people are feeling those same things, like, for generations, because yeah. generations poverty and this and that. And then one guy gets up there and, and says out loud what other guys like him wouldn't say out loud. And we're like, oh, my gosh, you can't believe this. It's already been happening. Oh, so yeah. So about it. Why don't you go try to take care of your, your community and, like, and like get your hands dirty? If you love on people, if you're kind to people, they will, they will hear you. Yeah. You know, and they don't want to know what's in your head. It's like when you cut them off and you don't want to listen to other people, even if they don't agree with you. It's it's when it, and it's when it gets so dumb like it is right now. <laughs> I know. It. No, it's so, I mean, that's the thing. And, and I remember our conversations at Dizzy's, which were just, it was a point in time where, you know, I could just go and we'd just shoot the breeze. I remember going and talking to Anthony forever and just like about, because you know, you were from Georgia, Anthony's from Greece, I'm from Arizona, and we ended up in Brooklyn at this point in time. And yet we all had sort of a somewhat of a similar take on it, like you're saying now, which is, you know, who cares? You know, we're different, but we're the same. And, and there's such an interesting idea there. Like when I brought you to the school and it's like, yeah, you know, you have paler skin and, and like they hadn't heard your kind of music before, but it doesn't mean that we're still the same. We're still the same species. And, and people are just acting like all these little differences make them so different, you know, politics and religion. And I'm just, it's just so tiring, you know, like I easily could have said like to you when I met you and you're, you know, you're a church going Christian and I could have been like, Ooh, weird. Like I'm not hanging out with these Christian, but it's, it's so funny because I grew up in Arizona with tons of Christian friends and it doesn't bother me at all. It doesn't mean that we're different. It means that we come to some similar things in different ways, slightly different ways, you know? Yeah. No, I, I don't, 
I love the conversation, especially outside. One of my favorite conversations about religion and family. People of Jewish faith, or I mean, my second dad is here in Nashville, and he basically took care of me when I was living here when I was a young kid. He's a he's an old Jewish guy, and he's just so awesome. And yeah. um, or like um, Muslim guys, and, and like I used to have awesome conversations, and they would tell me like if one person's sick in the community, and if you ain't taking care of them, then the whole community like is basically I don't know like they're 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 all sick, you know? Right, what I mean? right. Like that is, oh my gosh, that's mine. I want it. You know, like, right. We have so much to learn from each other and different, the beauty of all the different cultures. We tend to, we tend to pull out some really scary negative things when we want to, you know, just to like make people the enemy, which is really disturbing. I could make anybody the enemy and cut them off. Like, um, um, like immigrants, like it's, it's just crazy to think that, this this immigrant is is taking my job when a corp, like corporations, big big money corporations, have literally been given jobs away, like with the government's consent for like half a century. You know, and <laughs> yeah. you're gonna blame these these immigrants. It's just like it, all it is is trying to get people to, to like separate. Like let's separate these little big things. Like and it used to be like bigger groups of people and now it's like let's separate these little smaller groups of people. I know. There, there's I a lot of divisiveness and and usually like what I realize is when I get these emails from very specific groups that are trying to woo me toward their way of thinking and I think I always think to myself well first of all follow the money second of all why what what does it serve the greater good you know, what does it serve this? If we're really looking for solutions for everyone, you know, for everyone, then it doesn't really serve to divide us, right? But if we're, we're trying to make these divisions because we just want certain people to have the power, then, then it makes sense to divide, you know? But it's just, it's, we have to think through we really, I mean, partly that's why, you know, I do this mindfulness. I've been doing these drum workshops in homeless shelters and, you know, in the schools and working with different people with rhythm and patterns, because I think so much of it is about really paying attention to our patterns, which I think right now is just a perfect time to be doing that because, you know, we do get stuck into these patterns and ways of thinking and ways of being. And right now we have the opportunity to look at things with a little bit of a different lens and hopefully good things will come of it, right? Yeah. Hopefully we'll know how much we need each other. We'll figure it out and we'll like, hopefully we'll get out of out of this and we will sooner or later. Yeah. Um, but, um, and, we'll, and we'll, we won't take so many things for granted. Um, oh, for sure. Well, we we say that though, right? Like, you know, people always say like, never forget. And then we do tend to repeat some of the same mistakes again, because it's, it's so easy, right? It's like my son broke his leg. And you think, oh, my God, I will never forget breaking a leg. And I will never take for granted being able to walk again or take a bath or do all these things that were so hard. And then soon as you know it, you're up and running and you've forgotten what it was like not to be able to use that leg. The and human I, brain has a, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, 
miracle how we can compartmentalize everything. It's, it's nuts. I mean, we do it on purpose. If you, you think it's like a problem, but it's actually like it's in so far in our DNA just from like billions of years. Oh, yeah. Of like, of like evolution, you know what I mean? Like, it, like we forget those... We only remember like what we need to do to make sure we don't break our living. Right. You know? <laughs> well, yeah. And there, there, the, the funny thing about patterns is, and you notice like when people, it's like, you know, people who are abused often abuse or they get into abusive relationships or because, because, and that's like probably one of the worst examples of patterns, but it feels comfortable, right? So even negative things end up feeling super comfortable so that we repeat them. Even though it wasn't good before and we don't want to do it, if we don't really do something to change that pattern and to be aware, to be really super conscious, then we're going to slip back into some of those old things, you know? And and that's what I hope is that we really kind of, you know, consciousness raising it's just important, you know, and your music is really great about that. And it's so uplifting. And so tonight you're playing Rockwood. So talk a little bit about that, switching over to the virtual space. Yeah, so so I'm doing a live on their Instagram. And it's probably going to be from this garage that I just, I just fixed up to make music in. Um, and it's empty because I haven't. It's like the rich person that, oh no, the person that wants to look rich but doesn't have the money to feel it. That's where I'm at. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you have an empty space, Brian, which you have to remember what Brooklyn was like. You had no such thing as an empty space. The garage I just did is like, would be a $2,000 apartment. (laughs) But anyway, I'm going to go and I'm going to, it's going to be fun. I've I've actually been doing, we as Lombello. And on our on our personal accounts, have been like reaching out because one of my hard things I've gone through it is um, people with addiction and people with um, you know depression and stuff like that. Like this is the worst. This is kind of like seclusion, like the worst thing for them. Yeah. But from the bands and ours, we've been kind of reaching out and um, asking people like just like literally just Texas. Like I've sent my number to people and stuff like that. So in this whole space, it's been kind of fun because it's been really intentional, like reaching out to people. Um, I really enjoy it. That's another thing. I hope we can keep it up. It's so hard when everything else is going on. Right. Tonight, I will be on Rockwood's Instagram and singing for as long as people stay there. Honestly, there's nobody going on after me. Um, We are doing like... um, you can go, I think you'll post a link, and I have links on my Instagram and the Lone Bellows, like, where you can, um, you know, Rockwood is closed. So basically half of the proceeds we we um, we raise will go to the waitstaff, which we love, and they're the same people, they're most of the same people than when we used to play there. Um, oh, wow. So, um, and it's like, you know, the, the people that book the shows stuff like that, it's just a, they're a tight-handed group of people. We love them, and we come back all the time. So... I know, I remember you see seeing you play at Rockwood, remember, and you invited people on stage, including your sister, saying all, <laughs> all kinds of people got up there with you and sang, which was awesome. Oh, man, we love it. We miss it. I, I, I miss it always, and it's got a smell to it. I can, like, 
I can almost taste it. <laughs> um, I know exactly. It's just that um, you're in the bleach smell. <laughs> Every hour on the hour. That's what I love about New York City, Lower East Side, those places like Rockwood where where talented people just get up there and invite their friends and every hour on the hour it changes and you can just see some super talented people. It's it's an amazing spot. It's a good spot. And, um, and I think um, they're doing a lot of work and they'll, I, I'm, they'll get through this. Um, yeah. I know Kim, he's a fighter. He's a, he's a killer dude and he's mentored so many people and just been a, um, an absolute um, gem to have as a friend. Anyway, we're playing tonight. I'm gonna try to play um, a song I wrote that's not finished because I know you guys in New York are going through so much, and I think about New York all the time. Um, like I said, I thought I'd live there forever, um, and to, but it's always like, what is your plan, and then what's what it actually becomes, you know? Yeah. But, you know, I had to to be able to live and be home with a family, a family more. I had to move to Nashville, which I love Nashville. It's just not New York, you know? Right. Um, but I, well, New York's not New York right now, so it's... <laughs> but it will be again, hopefully, and we'll all... Oh, yeah. It has such a place in, every, in our hearts. If you even live in New York, I say often, like, if you live in New York even for a month, maybe even a week, I don't know, there's something that lives in you about it. I was just writing about that this morning, just... In New York, definitely lives uh, lives inside of all of us who live well, there. Us, yeah, all of us Lone Bell have been there almost ten years. We earned our stripes, man. We got the hustle. Everybody that everybody we work with, we're we're literally like, you ready to go? You ready to go? Let's do this. You know. Um, so yeah. I love I love the spirit of New York, and honestly, I think like regardless of how whoever in different different places think. Everybody in their heart, like once, like it's, it got New York's back. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, they well, might not agree with all the politics and all that stuff, and that's fine. But like, people love New York just because of the grit, and and, because, and they like they they draw hope and encouragement from it. And right now, I'm just like, I know you guys are going through it. I've been thinking about it so much. Um, yeah. And um, and I know that you guys are. You know, you guys are the toughest, so um, I'll be glad when it's um, when you're you're seeing the end of it, and um, and you guys are getting back out and doing your thing again because you got to, you know. Oh yeah, I know. Well, I fled. I'm feeling a little guilty, but you know, it's uh, we got a house up here because I've been. The city's hard, you know. Under normal circumstances, it's not the easiest place, as you know. And, uh, and it's, um, so we're, we're outside, but I just, you know, it is definitely, it is definitely a love affair, that city and, um, and it continues and it will, it will survive. So that's a good thing. But so everybody's going to tune in to your show and support you and support Rockwood. Um, and your Instagram is just, it's Brian Elmquist and also and Lone Mellow, and then there'll be links to go to the Rockwood um, Instagram on both those accounts, and I'll start at 10 o'clock your guys' time. Okay. Um, 10 o'clock uh, Eastern Standard. I'll sing, I'll sing as long as I can. I got this new song I wrote for you guys. Um, I'm going to try out. I don't know if it's done, but it's, it's good enough to sing. <laughs> I'm going to try some stuff out, and I'll try to sing. 
That's awesome. Well, I love your singing. We tried once for about a minute to write a song together. That never worked. <laughs> someday, um, Brian, someday we'll write a song together. I see all these guys are like, have you tried writing a song on Zoom? I'm like, no. <laughs> I'll wait till I can, I, can, I can hang out with you. I know. I know. Well, that'll happen. We'll, we'll do that. One of these days, we'll all be able to travel around a little bit more than we are right now. But I'm thinking about you and can't wait to hear your show later. And it's been really my great pleasure to chat with you because you're just a, a special person. And I, I so have appreciated your your music and your friendship. So you've long since been a stranger, but I'm, I remember that moment when I saw you, like, I don't know what you did when I saw you at Dizzy's. You moved in a certain way, and I all of a sudden had this vision of you, like in a Woody Allen movie, like dancing around the restaurant. <laughs> Oh man, that a, it's a funny, it's a funny time in my life. <laughs> yeah, I, like, we're not strangers. There's no strangers. Like, uh, I think it's, I, I, it's just moments in time that I'm thankful that we forgot those times. But I still, we still see each other. I know it's good. We we still make it happen. Yeah. So, all right, my friend. Well, thanks for talking to us today, and good luck tonight. And. Uh, and we'll talk to you soon. Don't forget, everybody, talk to strangers because you could meet really cool people like Brian Omquist. Bye-bye. Yeah.